Want to raise self-sufficient, confident kids ready to take on the world? We're throwing out tips on today's episode. Hi, my name is Stephanie Pletka, and I'm here to navigate the messy parts of motherhood. I'm a small-town mom of four who took a parenting blog and wrote a book to help moms find the goodness in the hard places, to chase their dreams, and write their story. So sit tight in the carpool lane. You know what I'm talking about, mamas. Comfortable in those yoga pants? And get ready to be encouraged. This is the Motherhood Mindset with Stephanie Pletka. Oh, I am chatting with a good friend today. Christine Roberts is a wife, mom, success coach, speaker, and author of Inspirational Mind Food. She loves to inspire big dreams in women to believe that whatever you dream is possible. A healthier mindset or improved family relationships. She leverages her corporate experience in leadership with John Maxwell and Disney, along with the lessons she's learned from other experts to help others create their best life. Fun facts, she ran the New York City Marathon twice and jumped out of a plane at 10,000 feet. They sold their home in 2016, bought an RV, and traveled America for a year. Christine, I am so excited that you are here today and we are chatting. I haven't seen you in so long. Today we're talking about raising self-sufficient, confident kids. You know, in this day and age of raising kids, the culture easily lends itself to giving excuses. We have this bubble wrap mentality. Oh, and it's so frustrating because as a mom of four teenagers, I want to bubble wrap them. I want to protect them. I don't want their heart broken. I know it's ahead. I try to tell them what's, you know, I try to lead from behind. So tell us a little bit about how you got to this place where you talk about raising self-sufficient kids. Yeah, yeah. Well, first, I want to tell you, I love your intro. Because the part where it says, in your yoga pants, you know, I'm talking to... Typically, I'm wearing yoga pants when I listen to the podcast. So I think that's funny. I grew up in a real dysfunctional environment. You know, I grew up with uh, alcoholism, domestic violence, sexual abuse. And, you know, as a kid, there's a very clear time, a specific time when I was about 10 years old that I was, you know, our house that we lived in was kind of a broken down house. And, uh, you know, my parents were very caught up in in their their own you know, challenges and brokenness. And I was 10 years old and I thought this will not be my life. And, you know, even as a child, I, I just knew that I wanted more for my future because I, you know, I had friends and different families that I observed that were different than my family. And, um, you know, I love my parents. I, they did the best they could. And I'm thankful actually for all of the challenges that I went through because I consider myself a victor as opposed to a victim. And when I became a mom, you know, even before I became a mom, I invested a lot to fix me. You know, I knew that the consequences or the, the, some of the challenges or different issues that I had were from, you know, growing up in that environment. And so my goal was to do whatever I could to fix me. Um, especially when I became a mom, because there was an, uh, quote that I read, And it said, we can't change our ancestors, but we can change ourselves to positively impact our descendants. And that really hit me. Uh, You know, and another thing a friend of mine said, we have one opportunity to raise quality human beings. So 
as a personal, you know, development, you know, consumer, I, I love human behavior stuff, right? I just love understanding myself and understanding why we do what we do as humans. And so when I had my kids, I, I've been in the leadership. I was a leadership consultant with John Maxwell, and I worked in culture with uh, Disney on how to take the Disney approach and help companies apply it in their business. So this has just been a part of me. And so it really amped up when I had my kids because a lot of the things that I've learned in leadership in companies applies to our children and leading our families and creating a culture within our homes. Your, do your kids know how lucky they are? <laughs> I'm sure they don't. <laughs> they <laughs> well, never they, do. They're sweet. They, they'll uh, like, if, yeah, they'll, they'll, they'll appreciate things. it later. My mom, she was a teenager when she had me. And I think we were all just trying to raise ourselves. I can see where somewhere around 12 years old, I had some pain myself. And I remember thinking as I got older, I want that 12 year old to just feel like, feel confident and have the self-esteem, you know, just to believe in herself. So that's where the background that I come from is I want to help the mom, because if I can help that mom change her mindset, then I can and give her the resources and tools, then I can help the 12 year old. So we're all coming from that, you know, kind of that pain to creating a platform of change. And I love it. We were all doing the best that we could. I want to talk a little bit about kids and culture today. It's kind of crazy because I know with COVID and everything, my kids will come home and be like, well, my teacher said this. And immediately I want to rise up and be like, well, that's not true. I know my child that couldn't have happened. But instead, Mm -hmm. it's like, you know what, you're going to have to fix this. (laughs) Yeah, Uh, you know, I want you to fix it. You be the advocate for yourself. You be the jet fuel, the dream defender, the person who goes and says, look, go talk to the teacher, go do the things. Because have you ever seen in the Olympics that um, that game called curling? Yes. It's like that granite ball on ice. That, I and swear all the- they had like, that was on the Olympics. I swear it was on every day for like th- four weeks. Every time I turn on the TV, it was the curling event. Oh, and it's like really the curling event. But I thought I could connect because I'm like, I have been that person, that sweeper who goes ahead of my kids, you know, to make sure that the way is perfect and they're safe and I've got them all bubble wrapped and nobody breaks their heart. And really, as a parent, I was doing a disservice to them, right? Oh, gosh, parenting, you know, I, I always tell people parenting's like the Marines, the toughest job you'll ever love. I mean, <laughs> it's, it's, it's so crazy. You know, I, I think about when my kids were little, and, uh, you know, I took time off from my career to be home with them. And my son was, uh, you know, my son was a toddler, my daughter was a baby. And uh, I just remember being in the fetal position in my closet, like making sure they were safe, and then curling up in a ball and crying my eyes out. That's when my my relationship with Jesus Christ really grew during that time. And uh, I remember just thinking, it's like I can present to a Fortune 500 executive team, but these little people are killing me. Like, you know, I felt like the worst mom. And uh, I read so many books. Something that r- really hit me was even before I had my kids, I watched, it was an Oprah Winfrey show. And it was about... It was about these three and four year old children being used as slaves on fishing boats in Somalia. And I remember it's so funny how things stick with you. Again, I had no children. And I thought to myself, wow, three and four year olds are being used as as slaves on fishing boats 
But in our culture, we treat little kids like they're idiots, like we do everything for them, but they're capable. Like, I don't know, that stuck with me. So when I had my kids, um, I had actually seen John Roseman speak, who is a child psychologist. He's a Christian child psychologist. And he talked about character defines a culture. And he was saying that in the sense of, you know, our culture is so caught up about self-esteem and like our kids having self-esteem. But his thing was like building a, a child with character. And he talked about the phases of parenting. And this really hit home for me because he said zero to three were servants, right? Like when they're little, we have to do everything for them. And then three to 13, we basically become like teachers. Like this is when we're instilling you know, like even from zero, like we're instilling the value system. We're teaching them how to do things for themselves. And then 13 to 18, 19 is we become mentors. You know, basically at that point, we should just be really asking them questions about, you know, like we're still their parents, but they should have the value system installed and still that they're making good choices. And then after that, we become more friend relationship as we grow older, which is really interesting because a lot of people stay in those different phases, if you're not aware of them. And, um, and so when my kids were little, it was like really trying to teach them how to speak for themselves. So even when they were like three, four years old, if we went to a restaurant and, and these are like a lot of these leadership things, I would have them look at the waiter and tell the waiter what they wanted and use their own voice and started that really young and just really wanting them to speak for themselves. And, and that builds confidence. Um, you know, I was with somebody and their daughter's like 14 and the mom was ordering for her. And I just was like thinking to myself, why can't she? She should order herself. She's old enough. And so those types of things. And also when our kids are little, like teaching them how to do things and letting them suffer. Like, you know, like I remember my daughter trying to put a button and she was probably like three, three and a half. And she was trying to button something. And she's freaking out. I mean, any moms out there, you know what I'm talking about. They're going, I can't do it. And she's screaming. And it's killing me. Like, I want to do it for her so bad. But I'm, I'm like, hey, Kennedy, I said, look at me. You are smart. You can do this. Look at the problem. Look at the button. What's stopping it from going through the hole? And like that critical thinking skills, like getting them looking at when there's a problem, What's stopping? Why can't you know, like what is causing it to not work for you? So those are just a couple of things that I was, you know, thinking about from the leadership stuff, teaching them stuff. Boy, that is a good point. I like all the things that you talked about here, because it really does take a village. You know, when they're zero to three, I used to start writing when I had the four kids under seven years old. And I'm sitting on the end of my bed crying. And I'm just like, how did I get here? You know, I had this corporate yeah, job. Oh my gosh, I remember those days. I was negotiating contracts. And now I'm trying to beg, plead, bribe a kid with M&Ms to pee, yeah. you know? And I'm like, right. somebody else taught the others. And boy, this is hard. And I was ready to run. Like, how do I get out of this? And so I started writing. I started writing a blog. that, And then I started writing for the town paper. And people would ask, you know, like, tell me about responsibility charts for different ages and stages. Well, they thought around 10, you know, I'd be talking about, hey, teaching the kid how to wash dishes. But no, I mean, my parents, they built a little stand for me so I could step up even when I was little to just dry dishes. Because really, you're teaching people how to fly. And when I say it takes a village, mom was not here to be your maid. 
right? They're eating and we're dishes have to be washed. Clothes have to be washed. We are not wearing, you know, disposable clothes here, which. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I love how you were saying the zero to three, we're servants. We're really doing all the work. It's pure labor. Then three to 13, we become the teacher. And it feels like we are there everything for a while when they're 13 to 18. Now I find myself guiding from behind and it's super mm-hmm. hard because now they're yeah. doing their own thing. It's hard to have any kind of reins from behind when they've got all their friends and their life and you're trying to insert yourself into their schedule but you know what happens if we don't allow them if we don't give them consequences and we just try to do it all for them oh my gosh that will come back to bite us that those that that is that will haunt (laughs) us it ain't good (laughs) yeah i mean there's a book called um parenting uh on purpose and it's about letting our kids fail when the consequences are low. And uh, I think that that's really important to let them fail. You know, if there's things that they, and it's hard. I mean, oh my gosh, it is so hard to let them fail. Uh, but it's funny how many times they'll they'll make the right decision or they'll figure out. It's like, it's, it is really such a shift for us as moms to not own our kids' problems. You know, when something like, oh, I left my sneakers at home, it's like, oh, wow, that really stinks. Like, well, what do you, how are you, what are you going to do about that? There's a lot of scenarios where it really is trying not to solve their problems because that's another area that you build confidence, right? When you've got to figure stuff out for yourself, you really realize how empowered you are. And with young people, especially when they trust their own decisions. I'd like to ask my kids a lot. What do you think? Like, I remember when, um, you know, when we, we still do this, like if there was things that needed to be done, we would have a family meeting and say, okay, here's all the different things we need to do. What do you, what do you guys think are the, the different components of keeping the house in order? And, and I, you know, ask them, what do you think? Oh, we got to clean the kitchen. We got to do the dishes blah, blah, blah. And then it's like, well, all right, who, how are we going to split it up? What do you think? And it's so cool because when you ask kids what they think and you really listen and you take what they think and you implement it, that builds confidence in them in their own decisions. And and I remember when I'd say, well, what are the consequences if you don't do X, Y, Z? And I would let them come up with the consequences of their, if they don't do what they're supposed to do. And so many times their consequences were way worse than what I would have done. But now they own it. They're part of the they're part of the solution. They're part of the consequences. So they've got buy-in. And uh, it's really interesting just from a human p- behavior standpoint, you know, how that effective that can work for us. I love that you mentioned Amy Carney's Parent on Purpose. Parent on Purpose. It's so funny because she's a really good friend of mine and I met her through you know, RV travel and her family traveling and she lives here in Phoenix and we wrote our books together and that is so cool. Yeah. So we're really close friends. I actually just had her on the show, (laughs) but that's great to go back and find that episode. (laughs) Yeah. It's amazing. It's all on traditions and like creating family traditions that work for you and not, you know, what other people think you need to be doing. So it's a really good episode. You're right. So what I did was when we traveled, I wanted to make my kids more independent. 
And we were in Spain, and I thought, you know what? These kids, they're like everywhere I go, they're like little minnows. They just, they, they, they're not even like, they have no idea where we are. They know, have no idea how to get there. And they're like these little minnows following me everywhere. <laughs> and I thought, okay, every week I gave someone the leadership role. And I was like, we're going to get on the train and we're going to learn how we're going to learn map skills and we're going to get on the train and learn how to navigate the train system. And they just looked at me like I had, you know, two heads. And uh-huh. <laughs> but, yes. but by the time it was over, you know, these kids, they understood budget because I was like, hey, whatever money we have left over, because it's easy to go on like what we consider a vacation. Yeah. But this was for long term and uh, eat like the locals or eat like we're on vacation and at the end you have four quarters to your name and you're overweight because you've eaten all the things (laughs) or you can you know so once they figured that out the budget oh at the end I was like we'll go to a water park or we'll go for ice cream depending on how much money we have left over boy they were working together and um, I loved it I was even on the train watching them they thought they were by themselves and uh, but they were navigating the train systems. They were so proud of themselves. Yes, I love that. I love that we similar philosophy with our kids. Like when we traveled America just in the RV, like similar to what you guys did, we would put um, we would put them in charge. We would put one of them in charge, you know, going to the Grand Canyon. How are we getting there? Where do we need to park? Where do we need to go? What do we need to do? And what's so great, again, is my they've traveled a lot. We've traveled. And just like your kids, they're very confident. My daughter's flown, they've flown alone, but they like it. They're excited by it versus being scared. And, um, and so it is that, and again, those are the things that build confidence in, in, in all of us. I've always felt like I want my kids to be fearless, you know, like to go for it in life because this is it. We got one life. We are here for a short time. I think about Kenny Chesney's song, you know, what is that song? A hundred years goes faster than you think. I mean, I cry every time I hear that song uh, because it's, it is so true. You know, I think about where I am today and how, you know, how fast time goes. And I want my kids to live a fearless life and just to believe anything's possible and not be scared or, you know, feel the fear and do it anyway. You know, that's a good point. Fear the fear and do it anyway. And just just to make sure that no one believes that our family is perfect, because it is not. Yeah, no, believe me. Um, <laughs> I me wanted to somebody. throw in a, a good story here. I remember once when my kids, I don't know, one of them was like 12 years old. And I had sold my video production company and I was staying at home. And he looked at me and he said, I wish I could stay at home like you. And I was like, really? And he said, yeah, just, you know, just do nothing. And (laughs) I was like, really? So the next day I was like, guess what? You don't have to go to school. Oh my gosh. He's like, this is my best life, you know? And Uh I said, so we're going to start with going to get a coffee. And uh, he's just can't believe this. So he, everybody goes to school. We we drop them off and he and I are going to get a coffee and he just can't believe this. And so I said, you're paying for it. What? I'm paying for it. He buys my coffee. We start on all the bills I show him the budget and how much it costs to live. Even if you don't leave the house, how much it costs to live with utilities and all the things. 10 o'clock at night, we're washing clothes, dishes. He's like, mom, please let me go back to school. (laughs) (laughs) 
But I thought, you know what? I want you to be a kid with confidence and I want you to yep. know what it was really like, you know, to be me. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's so funny. I remember when, when Carson was in kindergarten, they, they had like the little Mother's Day thing and the kids, they would, they asked the kids questions and they gave the answers. And then you went in as all the moms went in and then they would read the description, you know, the questions and answers. And then everybody tried to figure out whose mom it was. And my son, it says, you know, what color is your mom's hair? Blonde. My hair's brown. What color are your mom's eyes? Blue. My eyes are green. What does your mom like to do? Uh, what, what is her favorite drink? Wine. What does she do when you're at school? <laughs> Cleans. What's your mom's favorite thing to do? Clean. I'm like, okay. <laughs> he thinks I just clean all day and drink oh. wine. I mean. <laughs> and see, that's funny because I go and they ask uh, what does your mom do while you're at school? And my kindergartner said she rides roller coasters. And I thought, <laughs> <laughs> I like that. But that's, I mean, I've done it a couple of times, you know, but I don't. But he's like, oh, what did you do, mom? Oh, I was like, oh, I just had fun today. I would say that. And he assumed that meant roller coasters. So, <laughs> you know, it's questionable. Some of these, uh, I don't know why the teachers ask these things. Like, how much does mom weigh? You know, what yeah. does mom and dad do? And you're just like, I'm sure at parent-teacher conference, they're like, I need closure. I've got some questions. <laughs> right, right. And everybody's like, whose mom is this cleaning and drinking wine all day? I mean, Oh, that could be any of us, girl. That's true. <laughs> any and all That's of true. us. Uh, recently, my son went to this class in college, and the teacher, he turned in his paper, and he gets a, a zero. And they said, well, you didn't turn in your paper. And so he's like, Mom, what do I do? And I said, well, you know, what do you think you should do? And mm -hmm. he goes, well, I think that I should just go in and tell him, look, you don't know who I am. You don't know that I'm prompt and I'm a person that will do what I say I'll do. And uh, he, he said, you know, so many parents call up here and they're like, my kid's not this and not my kid. And he said, I'm going to give you an A plus just on your merit for showing up. And, oh, you I know, towing the line, standing on that line and just telling me who you are and that you'll be able to prove it. And I thought, oh, my God, that's such a great, like, lesson, right? <laughs> exactly. That's what I tell my kids. 90% of success is showing up. Like, just try, <laughs> you know. Just show up. I love you said also to serve. I've got a couple of minutes left. So serving is another thing too, you know, because it's so easy to be like me, 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 give, give, give. And, you know, I'll give that debit card sometimes because of some things they've done. And I'm like, go get you whatever. And then I'm like, where's my debit card? <laughs> I just had that Where did yesterday. my $20 go out of my purse? <laughs> and um, I love, you know, when we travel, we always do like, they have to do some sort of community service because you cannot be selfish and give back simultaneously. Yeah, we actually yesterday now, granted, it's my daughter's beta team. They have to do, you know, service hours. So yesterday we went and served it's uh, meals by grace here locally and they feed 70 families around the county. And, uh, and so they share beforehand, they share the stats on the children that don't have food, that, that have food insecurity and, it's, I mean, I really choked me up because I, it's, it's like there's, there's people out there that are, that are struggling. And if you can do something to add value to help other people, no matter how bad your life is, or if you're having a difficult time, um, it's about just that gratitude, you know, realizing how grateful you are that you have food in the refrigerator 
And it's not just for them. It's for, I think for myself too, it's for any of us to always be reminded of, of like all the things that we have. And, but especially I think exposing our children to, to those situations where we can help other people, it it is awakening, you know, it is helpful for them to see that. I love it. So Christine, how can people get a hold of you? So they can go to my website. It's christinemroberts.com. M is for Marie. And uh, on Instagram, Facebook, and LinkedIn, if you look up Christine M. Roberts, you'll find me there. And uh, yeah, reach out. I've got a uh, mindset quiz on my website if you want to check that out. Or if you want to talk to me about, I've got a program coming up for uh, some coaching. Give me a call. I would love to connect with you and um, you know see if there's anything I can do for you. Well, I appreciate your time so much. Thank you for teaching, helping us to teach our kids that, you know, to speak for themselves, encourage our kids on critical thinking, and then empower and coach them to push through difficulties, not to save them. You have been such a blessing, and I appreciate you. Thank you so much, Stephanie. Until next time, here's to living your best life. Hey, guys, if this show has blessed you, the number one way you can help me is to click the five stars. And tell me what you think over on Apple Podcast. You can go to my website at stephaniepletka.com and subscribe or grab a copy of my book, Living Your Best Life, or even download the Audible for Moms on the Go. Are you in the Phoenix area? Tune into Faith Talk 1360 every Monday at 4 or listen to the podcast on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Until then, here's to living your best life.